Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We can always find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need, and we always need you, Lord. We need you so much all the time, every day, every hour. We can do nothing without you, Lord, and I thank you that you've given us that revelation and understanding about you and that you care for us in all things. So we thank you, Lord, for blessing us, helping us and keeping us, causing us to understand, causing us to be full of faith, uh, full of power and, and full of your goodness and your love. Nothing happens without your love. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen and amen again. Praise God. So amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Mr. Dillard. Yeah, the Lord just wants you to, to be reassured. You're doing everything right. Doing exactly what he wants you to do in this situation. And just keep pressing in the way you're pressing in and you'll get there. That's what he wants you. You're going to get there. You're not, don't even think about changing anything. You're, you're on the right road. So just keep pressing in on it. Okay. All right. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, so yesterday we started talking about, um, being obsessed with the word of God. Amen. Obsession is usually such a negative word. People get obsessed with things that are, you know, it is negative in a way because God does not um, violate our conscience and he doesn't violate our thinking by pressing our brains, causing us to worry and causing us to have ideas we can't get rid of, you know, by an act of our will. However, it is possible to open up your heart and your mind and your listening to certain things so that you're quick to grab onto them. And that's really what I'm thinking about when I talk about being obsessed with the Word of God. Let that be what drives you. Let that be your, your meditation day and night, as David said. He said, oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation day and night. Amen. When you love God's word, that doesn't necessarily mean you do everything right all the time. But you have a love for the right thing. You have a love for God. You have a love for what he believes, what he thinks, what he wants you to do, how he wants you to live. And so it's a good thing to be obsessed with the word of God. Just let that be what you want to devour all the time. Uh, you know, when you think about things that you could be doing, uh, think about what you could be doing to expand your knowledge in God and get more understanding. I mean, we can never understand the Word of God too much. You know, you look at people who are involved in, I call them fake religions because they are, because their gods are dead. You know, they're not serving a living God. But you'll see how these people, the, uh, the Muslim will go and, and get on a founder, find a rug and go kneel on it three times a day. And sometimes it's three weeks before we pick up our Bible. Well, thank you. We get some honest people here this morning. Amen. Because it's so easy for us to take God for granted. We take for granted that he's always going to be there and, and that, you know, our job will be there. But boy, you get a saint in trouble. And they go to finding that, blowing the dust off their bow, get them. 
that word, amen, to put the app down. You want your real Bible now, right? You don't want to get diverted to Instagram every time you look up a chapter and verse. Amen. That's why they had, you know, the, the people with the Bible apps, they had a little plain colors and dull colors, and then Instagram is just popping. You know, it's got all them bright colors on there, so you can go on there in a hurry. Amen. They know what they're doing, trying to pull you off the word. Everything's stacked up against us, getting getting the word of God. Amen. And so you're looking for the bright, shiny thing on your phone, and it is never your Bible app. Now think about it. Come on now. I'll get with me. So you're going to have to to fight to stay in in the hunt with God. You're going to have to, to resist some things in order to stay close to God. But it's worth it. Amen. I can tell you it's definitely worth it. God pays great dividends when you serve him and when you understand what it is that he wants you to do. Amen. So so God wants us to to always be knowledgeable and be understanding and, and putting the word into practice. Amen. I can't tell you how much value there is in prayer. And having a life of prayer and a life of reading and studying and understanding the word. I don't know where we would be as a group of people if we didn't have our prayer ministry. I'm so thankful for that. You know, I'm glad God didn't give us just something to do, but gave us something that would, would pay such big benefits for us. You know, I can tell you people in this ministry, we never train people, uh, you know, train quote unquote, you know, like, line everybody up and have everybody try out praying for them and stuff. We don't do that. I feel like the Holy Spirit trains you if you're faithful to to do what you're assigned to do. And so as you're assigned your prayers, after a while, you're not sick because you've gotten the healing prayer on the inside of you. You don't struggle financially because you can believe for finances and you don't let go until you get what you need from God. Amen. And so it's just a good thing to keep a certain discipline up so that that when you need that that residual of faith in God and that residual of his word in the inside of your heart, it's there for you. That's that is what it's there for. Intercessors have certain privileges in God that other people just don't have. You got, you got, you sow seed. If you pray for somebody outside of yourself, you're sowing seed. That's in your heavenly bank. Amen. How you think you, you get everything you need so quickly? God is constantly withdrawing from your bank account in heaven. Amen. And you don't get anything for praying for these, some of these people that send you a, a, a note and say, well, can you pray for me? Uh, they diagnose me with this or diagnose me. And you just immediately go ahead and pray for them. You think everybody who's a Christian does that? Get real. They don't. And, and, and it's a privilege to be trusted to do that, but it's also their privileges that come back to us for our obedience. And so I don't want every, anybody in here to think when you, you know, if you drag in here, if you bounce in here, or if they put a gun to your back and force you in here on Saturday mornings, don't think that's wasted time. And when you pray with your partners at home, don't think that's wasted time. But if you're not praying, you need to let Miss Nolan know at the end of this meeting and get to praying. You understand what I'm saying? Because that is something that's available to everybody in here. Amen. From day one, you know, the first words 
some of the children born in this ministry spoke was by his stripes I am healed. You know, they read them prayers just that's how they learned to read. Amen. And so this this is something that's available to us uh, to help our lives. It's not a a burden to you. You know, don't look at it with dread. Like, oh boy, I got to come in here another day. No, you get the privilege of coming in here to do something for God. Amen. It's a privilege. And don't ever look at, don't put God's assignment with your other list of honeydews or to-dos. You know, this is, this is holy work. You keep that set aside where it belongs and God, and it will always work for you. Amen. That's your bank right there. That's where you draw your dividends from. So yeah, and God is faithful. He always, he pays, he will never have us in his debt. Amen. He pays us up front. So a lot of things we've been paid for already, we haven't even done yet. Hey, <laughs> you got an advance. God is the only one who would give you an advance. Amen. He said, if you pay your vows, if you're faithful, if you can go shooting your mouth off without doing what you say you're going to do, if you make vows and you pay your vows, he said, you'll decree a thing and it'll be done for you. You just speak that it's yours and it'll be done for you. Amen. So be careful about how you use your words. Amen. Use your words to bless and to build up and to encourage and to strengthen. Amen. And God will always bless you with the results of your confession. So praise God. And I mean the good results. I remember we used to, we knew in the things of faith, we were always praying for a crop failure. Remember that? You go around shooting your mouth off, praying bad prayers or mad at somebody and you say, oh Lord, I shouldn't have said that crop failure. You know, you don't live like that anymore. Amen. <laughs> You've grown up. <laughs> Praise God. I know I have. I pray few, few crop failures. In fact, I don't. I don't even think like that because I know God forgives me and I know I can have what I say. So the thing is, keep yourself saying the right thing. So how do you do that? You do it through meditation. Meditation is being obsessed with the word of God. And I'm not talking about this crazy stuff. You know, people have introduced so many stupid things into their lives. You know, this little Eastern stuff where you're sitting up and thinking about your navel all day long. You understand what I'm saying? Or thinking about getting some little phrase you keep repeating over and over again. Cut that stuff out. Don't even get curious about that. Amen? Because that's nothing. You should meditate on God's word. Find yourself a scripture that you like. And think about it over and over and over again. Amen. If you feel rejected, if you know God, he's made you accepted in the beloved. Amen. You spend a day thinking like that and it'll change you. It'll turn your life upside down. Amen. And when you start feeling rejected and start feeling sorry for yourself and whining to people, slap yourself and say, wait a minute. I was just meditating on the right thing a minute ago. Where am I? Amen. Give yourself the Holy Ghost beat down and make yourself get your mind in gear the way it's supposed to be. Amen. Don't go around thinking negative things. Your, your mind is a, 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 an incubator for the rest of your life. Amen. Incubate the right things in there. Meditate on the right things. Let God begin to give you His word, His promise, His thoughts toward you. What do you say? He said, I know my thoughts. I know what I think about you. 
Don't come talking about what somebody talk about who you are. Say, I know what I think about you. Amen. So let him think what he thinks about you, but hook up with what he's thinking. Amen. Sit around thinking about, I don't have this and I don't have that. You don't know what you got till you check in with God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I know for a minute I went after I was widowed 22 years ago now. I can't believe how long that's been, but I, I was, I was scared to look at every piece of mail that came in the house. Scared of my, oh, don't send my bank statement. Oh, Lord, everything. Oh, I want to know. Amen. But I had to mature and grow up. You know, I felt that way when my husband was alive because it was always bad news when he got the statement. You know, he sit it on the, <laughs> come in there, rip it open. It was the loudest rip of all the mail that ever came to our, that ripped the loudest. Amen. You know what I'm talking about, Poppy. Come on, testify. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And then the moment of uh, the reveal, uh, the moment of truth, I had, we had a little can, and Shannon used to laugh every time she would catch him doing it, but he, uh, I would keep receipts from when I went shopping, like supermarket, well I keep, let me put it this way, I kept most of them in there, almost most of them, and he would, he would open it up like it was, you know how those jack-in-the-boxes were? And they all of a rough, they start flying out, and he said, oh, you know, and all this hysteria and drama. But anyway, <laughs> but I was trained to be hysterical when the bank statement came, amen? And I was still kind of nervous about it. Then I realized I had to take care of that myself. But God taught me. He eventually gave me peace that he was taking care of me in such a way that I couldn't even mess it up. Amen. And that was always true. And my husband knew it. He just had to have something. You know how men are. They just want, they like keeping you nervous if they can. You know, the little power grab they have. I say, you have your fun because this is only once a month. Okay, brother. Statements only come out once a month. So have your fun. Amen. But, but, you know, it, it's just one of those things where you're, you're trained, your mind is trained to expect, you know, fear and doubt and, oh gosh, what did I do with that receipt? It wasn't as much as you think it was and all that kind of stuff. And so I had to grow up and be my own, um, uh, you know, check and balance kind of person to be responsible before God. And I found out this much, and this is something we don't know, you know, and, and I pray you don't have to get to know it the way I got to know it, you know, through losing a spouse. But I found out that God is a whole lot more generous than the guy with the skin on. Husband. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Not that we want to do anything different, but, but that generosity I could have pulled from God even while my husband was alive. Got me? I eventually learned how to do it. You know, and, and just live totally free of any doubt, fear about provision. Because God has unlimited provision for us. Amen. He owns everything. Amen. He doesn't brag and say, I own the cattle on a thousand hills just to be bragging. 
He says it to reassure you that there's no limit to what he will do for you. Not can do, but will do for you. Amen. When he tells you what he got, that means you have availability of it. Amen. He's not just saying it to mess your head up. Amen. And so when we understand that God has more, 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 more than enough everything for us. Amen. You feel like you need love. He's got more than enough love for you. Amen. I was this morning I had to, to uh uh go by and pick up some printing and it was supposed to uh Shannon sent the the um document over yesterday evening and they say, you know, it takes twenty four hours. Well, twenty four hours would be after church is over. And I was seeking the Lord and I said, Lord, just I would just like to get it on the way to church tomorrow, you know. It and and so I called in when they opened up at ten, and so I was explaining her what I I needed. She said, "Oh, it's done already." Do you understand what I'm saying? These things, these things are worth more than money. These things are worth everything. Amen. The favor of God, the blessing of God, the fact that He doesn't want me to worry about anything. He doesn't want me stressed about anything. All of that, that's worth more than, than anything you can think of. Amen. Because God is so good. There's some things money can't buy. It can't buy health. It can't buy peace of mind. It can't buy favor. It can't buy promotion. All of these things that are necessary for us to live a peaceful life cannot be bought. And so I'm so thankful to God that he just takes care of us, period. So he's proving his love for us. He's already proved it by giving the life of his son, but he continues to prove it over and over and over again, like he can't prove it to us enough. Amen? And for many of us, that's true. Because all that he's given us, some of us still aren't satisfied. Always looking for something else. Amen? And it's here. You have it already. Look inside. Amen? That's where he dwells with you. It's your constant companion. Amen? You know, people ask me sometimes, do you, do you, do you, are you lonely? No, I've never felt lonely, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, since I've been saved. Because God taught me how to take, embrace Him as my true friend. Amen? Friend number one is God. And, and as long as you understand how that works and how to do that, then everything else is real easy. Amen. It's real. No matter what the enemy puts before you, it won't be able to stop you because the love of God makes you unstoppable. Amen. When you know he loves you, that makes you unstoppable. Amen. Amen. So anyway, we're going to talk about some people that um, were helped through meditation. They got their answer through meditation. They got what they needed from God through taking out that Bible, reading it meditating on it or taking that word that God gave them and and studying it day and night when i say day and night i mean non-stop every uh, anxious moment you have oh thank you jesus thank you lord for giving me your peace i receive it you know you're worthy to be praised amen just just constantly feeding on on him and and let him be your meat. Let him be your portion. Let him be your bread. 
Amen. Let him be what feeds you. You don't need anything else to feed you when God feeds you. So, so anyway, um, I'm going to take you first to Genesis 24. And, and, and this is, this is how Isaac found his wife. Amen. Or husband, you know, for you single people, this is how you find them. I'm not talking about a date. Y'all need to cut that date and stuff out. Amen. You know, let's ask God to show you who you're going to marry and go get married. You know, cut the nonsense out. You know, you ain't Cinderella and he ain't Prince Charming. Y'all just normal people. You know what I'm saying? We just get all confused. Come on now. Where was I? Y'all got me turned around already. Okay, Genesis 24 and verse 63. Now, see, Isaac had sent, um, uh, uh, um, his dad had sent their servant out to a, a far land to find a wife suitable for him. Well, all the married people got it. How far do you have to sin? Don't worry about that. You just worry about taking care of your part of it. Amen. You don't have to worry about where they coming from or where they live or all that kind of nonsense. How long? That's everybody say. How long is it going to be? Amen. It says, so anyway, he wasn't sure if the servant was really going to find a suitable wife for him. He had no idea. He had to wait in his own country while this servant went, but it was a land where, where some people who were suitable would come from. He was looking in the right place. It was just all a matter of could he arrange it? Would she be agreeable to it? All of those things. So it says here, as Isaac was, was, uh, um, coming out into a field it says in verse 63 and Isaac went out to meditate meditate oh pastor Barb you mean yes I mean to tell you everybody wonder what I mean to tell them I don't have to go to no clubs I don't have to go on uh, dateme.com I don't have to go looking for no cause every time you go looking you come back with the wrong thing my goodness so God takes care of they said no nah, don't go look for nothing you see they what did they do they left Isaac where at home you don't even have to be involved in this Isaac I mean, seriously. So this is a picture of what prayer and trusting God will do for you. If you pray and trust God, and it says he went into to meditate in the field in the evening. And this probably was not the first time he'd done it. This was his habit. Every evening, go out in the field and do what? Meditate. What that mean? 
Well, instead of uh, thinking about somebody you know and how to trap them and get them hooked up with you, How's it going over, Poppy? I got my eyes closed. A little bit? Okay. Keep working? I'll keep working. Huh? Trying to, trying to think about how you messed up the last time and how you're going to get this one right. Ooh. Look pretty good right there. I think I'll stay. I think I'll park here. Huh? When you talking about that conniving, that is not meditating. See, if that's your thought, you need to go crawl up in your Bible and don't come out until somebody comes find you. You understand what I'm saying? Because all of that stuff you've done in the past and now it's a new day, you say, and you can keep digging up that old stuff. Feasting on it. Oh, I remember how it was with. Well, oh, let me let me think. Now, what was his name? <laughs> Y'all don't say amen. I'm gonna go Peggy Lee on you. Huh? Remember that Peggy Lee song? My old flame, I can't even think of his name. Huh? He wrote a whole song about this guy, how he was so wonderful. She couldn't even think of his name. You need to get in your words so bad. Because that's how you keep messing up. That's how you keep missing God. You got me? Reminiscing. Getting yourself in your mood. Oh, don't come in here now. I got my music on. Huh? Let's cut it out. It's a new day. You got new things to meditate on. Isaac went in the field and meditated with God. I can guarantee you that much. And it says, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And guess who was on the camel? His wife, Rebecca. Amen? So this is really all that's necessary, folks, for you to meditate on the word of God. What does God's word say about marriage? We broke, we, we got a cold blank there. Huh? Y'all waiting on somebody and don't even know what to do when they get here. You know what you used to do. Oh, that ain't going to work no more. That's a mess up for sure. God ain't going to let it work. Just like he never let it work when you were a sinner, he's not going to let it work now that you belong to him. So you belong to him. Meditate on his word. Amen. God, gee, if, if, if you sent me somebody, I don't even have a decent house for them to come visit me in. Could you please get me a decent house for me to entertain somebody in, please, Lord? Teach me how to keep it clean, how to cook. Huh? How to be hospitable. 
how to show people attention and love instead of parading around them all the time wanting all the attention for myself. You want a ring day one? They don't even know your size of nothing and shouldn't. Just a thought. But see, this is what meditation in God will get you. Huh? Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she came down off the camel. For she has said to the servant, what man is this that walks in the field to meet us? Hospitality. Amen. And the servant had said, it is my master. Therefore, she took a veil and covered herself. She didn't kick a leg out with her slit dress on. Pastor Barb, please move on. Please move on. Please move on. <laughs> I think I'll just stop right here for a minute. Huh? She covered herself instead of uncovering herself. Okay. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. And Isaac did what? Brought her into his mother, Sarah's tent, and took Rebecca and she became his wife and he loved her and Isaac was comfort her after his mother's death. Amen. So all of this didn't happen just in one night. She lived in his mother's tent until it was time for them to be married. Amen. And so this is how God moves when you trust him with your future. You meditate on what it means to be a wife, what it means wife first, mother second, folks. Just get it in the right order, and and you won't mess a whole lot up. Amen? Now, if you messed it up already, get it right the second time. Amen? Let yourself have time to know what God wants for you instead of jumping the gun on everything. We don't, you know, the Christian life ain't a jump the gun life. Your life is planned by God already. You need to wait for the plan to unfold. People try to jump too fast into too much and don't know what they're doing. You don't know until you spend enough time in the word to understand what God expects out of you. Amen. So we're going to go on. I like where we went there. What do you think, Poppy? Was that? Did we exhaust the subject? Well, we left a little bit more for later, though, didn't we? Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So we're studying to show ourselves approved unto God. God has to approve of our study. Amen. Until he blesses us with what it is that we're we're meditating on. So there's there's a couple more people I want to point out to you in the word that studied to make sure that God approved of them. And the first one is in Matthew chapter 8. We'll turn there. And in verse 5, and it's a story about the centurion and his servant. And this man was very unique, and we know his uniqueness by the comments that Jesus made about him. Amen? 
um, when when we meditate on the word, what that does is that begins to merge us with the word. It becomes grafted in you and a part of you. And we talked about that yesterday when we defined what, what the Bible meant when they talked about the word study. It's the same word for baptism, but it it's not the the water baptism where you're immersed one time and you come back up. What it means is to be immersed over and over and over again. So that when you come out from this baptism, you are merged with what it is that you're meditating on. Amen. So when you want the word of God to come to pass for you, you've got to stay with it long enough to get it grafted in so that when the word's grafted in you, you start obeying the word without any trouble. You start walking it out because it transforms you into the image of Christ so that you imitate him in all things. So you don't continue to mess things up. You don't continue to stumble. You don't get confused as to what to do. The reason we're confused is we ask everybody except the Bible. Amen. You get a problem, you call 15 people and by the time, and then most of them don't want to talk to you. Amen. They tell you off. They scared you're going to ask for some money or something like that. So, you know, you get a short answer there. So you might as well go to God. But he's always the last person we want to let him know how much trouble we're in. And he already knows. And he already has a remedy, and he's already going to do it. So there's nothing else to do but just go in and, and find out what God says about your situation. And so here we have this this centurion, and and Jesus commended him. And, and when you see people in the Bible who get what they need, who get a, a good report from Jesus, who get encouragement from God, you need to make note of what those people do. And put them up on the top of your list of people to examine and to study and to, to go over and go over and go over and meditate. When you meditate on the word of God, what you are actually doing, you are washing your mind of all negative thoughts, all sinful thoughts, all impurities, all things that are going to lead you the wrong way. Once you begin meditating, that stuff begins to leave you. You continue to meditate and it will continue to do its job of getting you convinced that what you're thinking about coming from your Bible is the right thing instead of the wrong thing. It's the right thing for you to do. It's the right thing for you to dwell on. It's the right thing for you to spend your time on. And so you begin to get this enrichment on the inside of you, this peace on the inside of you, this excitement, this joy on the inside of you because of what the word puts in there. When you read the word and it tells you that God is going to bless you abundantly, his provision is abundant, and you start watching that word pop up every time you open the Bible, God's trying to tell you something. He's trying to tell you, quit thinking about me as never being able to do what you need to have done. Think about me as being able to do that and then some. Amen. Do that and more. Amen. There is no lack among God's people. What's lacking is people who really believe it. And to be honest with you, the more you meditate on the word, the more you believe that word. And the more firmly it gets rooted on the inside of you to where you are unshakable. 
Amen. The only thing unshakable about us is what we carry on the inside us that God puts in there. And he puts his word on the inside of us to give us benefit of it. So meditation also transforms us. You're not the same person. Amen. Thank God for that. The person that used to mess up, cut up, do everything wrong, that's not you anymore. If you'll allow this transformation process, it's a process. It continues. You don't go get one scripture and leave, live the rest of your life on it. You can, but you need to add more to it. Amen. And so God wants us to have a full understanding, a full knowledge of him. So this centurion we see in Matthew chapter 8, verse starting in verse 5. When he was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion. Now that's a Roman guard. Amen. Centurion was in charge of 100 men. So these people were pretty responsible. Amen. He's a responsible man. He's a man who's worthy of respect, if you will, because so many people, he's been trusted to guard over 100 men. When you were a Roman soldier, it, it wasn't like, you know, with our military here. Our military has rights and freedom because of our constitution. If you're a Roman soldier, if you, if you went to sleep on the job, you quack, they just pushed the sword through you and left you there. You understand what you didn't get to mess up. So you, when you're talking about this man who's over a hundred men, he survived. <laughs> You know, the rookie stage of his, you know, like here in a police academy, rookies, if they don't make it, they just go find another job. You didn't get that privilege in Rome. You, you lost your life. So this man is responsible for that. He's responsible. See, to a person like that, life can mean very little to you. You think about it. If somebody, the first time they mess up, you got to kill them, you could get to the point where life means very little to you. Amen? They're just disposables. Amen? But there's something different about this man. Amen? Something different about him. So when Jesus came, he said, he, the centurion came beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. So this man was having some seizures. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. He said it just that quick. Amen. Now, Centurion, he wasn't a Jew. He was a Roman. He didn't know anything about their religion, their culture. Somehow, he got enough confidence to go up to Jesus and ask him to do this. And you need to know why. Because when you see somebody getting the results, this man got, you need to find out what made him different. Why Jesus responds so quickly and say, I'm going to come and do that for you. Amen. And he says, and the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He said this, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to this man, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, truly, 
And I'll tell you this, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now, when, when that faith moved Jesus when he first, when that man first spoke to him, and you gotta understand that. When we ask God for something and he moves immediately to bring it to us, that means that our faith is perfect in his eyes. It doesn't need any adjusting. It doesn't need any go back and confess some more. It doesn't need anything. It just needs you hold on to it and keep believing. See, this is, this is what happens many times with us. We, we always assume there's something wrong. When you have to spend a little time at something or you don't get it right away or whatever it is, we, or it doesn't manifest right away. Let me put it to you that way because we already have what it is that we desire from God because we have a covenant with him, a blood covenant that says I've given it to you already. So we can can receive by faith. We just got to believe that God is going to do it and believe that we have it right now by faith and that the manifestation will come to pass. Amen. But see, with when in this case with this centurion, Jesus set off immediately. He said yes to him immediately, and he set off to do what that man asked him to do. That's perfect faith. So this man's faith moved Jesus initially at the time he asked him. So there's nothing wrong with this man's faith. What Jesus then goes on to elaborate on for our benefit is why this man had the faith that he did. If he has faith that moves Jesus to give him exactly what he wants immediately, this man's servant has been there tormented. He's been there, uh, suffering and, and this man can't stand it anymore. Here's this very powerful man. Life really in a lot of ways means nothing to him, but somehow this servant of his has grabbed his attention and we don't know where this servant came from. We don't know if he's a Jew. We don't know if he's a more than likely he isn't. But he's there serving this man. See, Jesus cares about everybody. Whoever you care about, he cares about. Don't be afraid to ask him to help people that, that are rough people. Because you rough sometimes too. And you used to be rough all the time. Amen? And so we have to understand that faith moves God, period. It doesn't matter who you're asking on behalf of. Just use your faith. See, what the enemy wants to do is get us thinking about, well, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know if he's going to do it for them. Don't quit worrying. You'll never get that question answered. You need to just use the faith that you have for whatever it is that, you know, I would, I would tell uh, the Lord sometimes, I said, God, you know, I know they're not living right, but I'm asking you to please forgive them and have mercy on them. You understand what I'm saying? Cause he gave that to me. What kind of intercessor would I be thinking people have to live up to a certain standard before God's mercy comes into their lives? 
So here this man, the, the centurion, he's, he's not a Jew. Jesus said he came to his own first, first to the Jew and then to the Greeks. Amen. But when faith goes out, everybody's included. I'm going to say it again. When faith goes out, everybody's included. See, you include yourself on your believing. You know, I had a family member that went for a, a lot of years just living for himself, living carnal. And and I remember many years ago he had he had uh hurt his leg, broken his ankle or something like that. And it, and I had heard about it and, and I prayed for him. I didn't pray for him personally in person, but I interceded for him. And I ran into him like a year later and he, he was on a cane. And I said, are you still walking on that thing? You know, I'd stopped him. I don't know what I stopped him for. Usually if it's nephews, I'm telling him, you owe me money. Pull over. You know, you see him driving on the street. You give him that thing and get real close to the bumper and they pull on over. You know what I'm saying? And so I said, pull on over here. And when he got out, I looked in there and he's got this. I said, you still on that cane? And he said, yeah, it's just bad. It hurts. I said, let me pray for you. And so I prayed for him. He got back in his car. And later on, he told me, he said, you know, I was going to the mall. He said, when I got to the mall, I realized I had walked all through that mall and didn't have my cane. He said, and I thought about it. And I said, I better go back and get it. And he said, when I thought about it, I said, well, I'm walking without it. And he told me this. He said, he said, I got friends. He said, we'll be sitting around talking about stuff. He said, and they start laughing at people like Benny Hinn. You know Benny Hinn? I said, yeah, I know Benny Hinn. He said, they laugh at people. I said, man, you better not laugh about that stuff is real. Y'all better quit laughing. He said, cause that stuff is real. And he would share his testimony. He was not saved. Amen. What we call saved. But he had been touched by God. He, God's mercy works like that. You can have people testifying the goodness of God better than saints. You know, saints will be sitting up at home wondering why they don't never witness to nobody and asking for an open door. And he, why? Because he out there doing it for you. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You could be doing it too. But he's out there doing it in your place if you ain't got sense enough to get up and tell what God's done for you. Amen. And so, so faith is like that. If you can believe, what is, what did, what did Jesus say to the man with the kid with the seizures? He says, the guy said, if you're able to help me, he said, me able? <laughs> Seriously? Can you believe? That's the problem. My ability ain't the problem ever. Amen. I know who I am. Amen. The whole question is, can you believe? So if we can believe, all things are possible to us. All things are possible. You can believe God has changed you. All things are possible to you. You can believe that your prayers get answered. All things are possible to you. You need to know that. But you've got to believe. Now what does it take to believe? It's not just a one-time decision. Oh, I've received that. I believe that. No, I'm talking beyond. You know, this, this man had gone beyond. I believe I receive. See? 
you know, saints, we kind of think because we're born again, everything snap easy. If it's snap easy for you, come lay hands on me. You understand what I'm saying? Because in my experience, nothing that you get from God, you get just automatically. You've got to study. You got to devote time to that word. You got to meditate and then you got to wait for it to be released to you. you just don't jump up and, and bogart him and take stuff from him. Amen. And so when we understand that, then we can respect what this man did to receive the response that he got from Jesus. So we're talking about how God responds to our faith and Jesus was coming with him immediately. He volunteered to go with him. Why? Because he follows faith. Amen. Jesus is looking more at his faith than who he is. At that point, he could have cared if this man was a Roman, if he was a Martian, if he was a Jew, what he was. Amen. He was following faith. And that's what you need to know. So it's it's a good thing to get to know how to keep your faith visible to God at all times. How do you continue to exercise faith before God so that he will come find you with what you need? That's what you need to know. And so the story is told here. This centurion begins to explain something to Jesus that he just didn't come up with out of the blue. This is something that is a combination of what he is familiar with and what he knows And how the Holy Spirit shows him how to use that knowledge and turn it into spiritual power, turn it into faith that won't be rejected, turn it into the kind of faith that will bring the results that he needs. And this is the power of meditation. This is what happens to us when we meditate the word. This is how we are transformed by thinking through on the word of God. This man is repeating to Jesus exactly what he's had in his mind ever since he began to seek healing for this servant of his. When you want to be healed, the first thing you want to know is, God, are you going to do it? Is there something in the word that promises it to me? Amen. I don't care what it is you're looking for. You want to get your answer directly from God. And the way we do it in this dispensation is through the word. You can never get a prophecy that's going to override the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? His word is a more sure word of prophecy anyway than what you can conjure up and think up and think somebody has told you is going to happen for you. Amen. And so this is what you want. You want to go directly to God. You want to go directly to the source. And I'll tell you, if you stick with the written word, you've got the biggest weapon that God has ever released into the earth. Amen. When Jesus defeated Satan, he didn't tell Satan, get away because I'm the son of God. He said, it's written. Amen. So we always refer to the writ. Amen. The written word of God. Go in your Bible and find out what God says about your situation. Find out what he wants to say to you today, right now, in this hour. And find out what what he has promised you and what you can expect him to do. And so this man had taken his case to the court of the Holy Spirit in his meditation. 
this is where you iron it out. You know, this is where you do battle with your unbelief, with your doubt, with your fear, with your I'm not worthy. I've messed up too much. I shouldn't be able to get this from God. This is where you do battle with that. Amen. It's in the court of your own mind with the word of God. And so he takes the word of God. He sees Jesus is healing people. He says, sees Jesus doesn't ask them for credentials. Cause if he did, it would, he would be lacking. Cause he says that. See, you gotta, you gotta meditate past all those obstacles. Everything that pops up in your mind that would challenge you receiving from God. And the reason many of us continue to stumble over things or continue to fail and give up is because we never meet the battle right there in our minds. You got to take this home with you. Now, it's good to clap an amen in service, but you got to take this home with you. You understand what I'm saying? This is where you master it is in your own mind. Because the devil comes up immediately after the word is sown to steal it from you. Amen. So you got to lay with this until you win that battle. Once you win that battle. You see, this man did not show up and ask Jesus anything until he had won the victory up here and in here. Amen. So instead of him being a hard Roman soldier, a man over a hundred men, a centurion, now he's a humble person. See, desire, faith, love will transform you on the inside. He doesn't speak like a man under authority to Jesus. He asks him if he would, if it tells him about his servant and Jesus says, Oh, no problem. I'll come. Why? Because the man had faith that moved him. As long as your faith moves Jesus, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter about who thinks what about you or what you've done. If your faith moves Jesus, that's all that matters. And this man goes to him and he says, he says, he says, Lord, you know what? I'm not even worthy for you to come under my roof. That's humility. That's not bragging about, you know, what you, you know, you're a this and you're a that, what you've done for God. He told you he gonna do this and he told that to everybody if they got a Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? The fact that God speaks to you doesn't make you important. No more important than anybody else. Amen. He can talk to rocks and they'll praise him. So, come on, y'all. Let's get with it here. So he says, he told Jesus, he said, I'm not worthy. This is why his faith is so strong. Because he's not coming for as somebody who deserves anything. Now, you know, I, you can get in trouble with faith people for talking like I'm talking. Claim your rights. Uh, I don't think so. When I get in front of God, I melt. I ain't claiming nothing, but I'm here. <laughs> don't turn me away. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, the presence of God takes all of that rights out of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you, you come boldly to the throne because there's no sin between you and God. Not because you have rights. See, the shame is gone. The fear is gone. The doubt is gone. 
But you got to get bathed in his blood. If you haven't had your blood bath, there's going to be something. There's going to be some doubt there. There's going to be some worry there. There's going to be some fear there. When all that's washed away, then you have a confidence that you belong there. He wants you there. He wants to hear from you. Amen. You know, you think about some of the people God has us read in the Bible, like Esther. You didn't see her come boldly trouncing up nowhere. She was, her knees was knocking until she got up there and found out she wasn't going to die. You understand what I'm saying? It's, let's get real here, people. And then people always tell me, yeah, you need claim this, claim that. They don't have nothing. Do you understand me? They may have things, but do they have the proper relationship with God? Just a thought. So he says, I'm not worthy. So that level of humility right there will cause his faith to work perfectly. When you humble yourself, your faith will work perfectly. And he says, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. Just just say it. How did he come to that conclusion? He says he had made up his mind before he even left the house. He says, this man is going to say words and my servant is going to be healed because he has that kind of authority. He said, he's speaking on behalf of the most high God. His authority is higher than mine is. Amen. And when he talked to Jesus, what did he say? He didn't say, I have authority just like you do. Oh, this is important. Come on now. Y'all get this. What did he say? Somebody read it. He says, I am a man under authority. He didn't say, I have authority. He's under. See, if you stay under, God will take you over. You don't have to worry about trying to get over yourself. If you stay under his authority, you stay under the authority of your spiritual uh, you know, pastors, whoever's over you in the Lord, you stay under probably you, if you're in your home, you stay under your husband authority. And if you're a husband, you respect your wife and love her. If you stay in your proper place, your, your power will work all the time. You will have faith and favor in God like you never knew before. It's the people who are always spouting off, trying to get smart with the husband, trying to tell somebody some, try to do this or that. They will fall flat. They don't know how to be under authority. This man had the key. He said, the key is not me. The key is who I'm under. You got me? So you don't have anything to commend yourself. But all glory and praise and honor goes to God. Why? Because he's the one with the power. You gotta stay close to him to wield the power. You gotta be, you gotta respect him to walk in his power. So this, this centurion smart, he said, I do whatever Caesar tells me to do. And in turn, whoever is under me does what I tell them to do. This wouldn't work if I weren't under Caesar the right way. But see, I'm under his authority the right way and mine works. 
He said, and I've noticed the same thing about you. He said, every time you pray for somebody, they get healed. Every time you cast the devil out, they leave. And I realize you're under somebody else's authority. You're not a mere man. There's something different about you. And I noticed that about you. It's just like what I have. Amen. Only on a higher level. So I'm coming, submitting myself to you. I humble myself to you and your word. Now, see, he didn't get this just by guessing. You get the right answer through meditation. You don't get it through guessing, through wishing, through wanting it to happen. You get it through taking the time to think this through. You get in the word and you say, God, how does this happen? What I would love to be able to lay hands on people and see them healed immediately. How does that happen? What do I need to do to get to number one? You got to understand it's possible for you. If you don't think it's possible for you and it's just for somebody else, go back and read Mark 16. It says everybody who believes, you got to start believing first. Once you believe that you're one of those numbers, then you come back to God. But as long as you're laboring in unbelief, don't ask him for nothing. Go get in the word until you start believing it. These signs will follow those who believe. That's me. And I continue to believe. Even when I get to a word I don't quite believe, I still believe. You got me? And make yourself in that number. See yourself in that number that all things are possible to him who believes. Amen? Many times we'll, we'll be on the verge, we think, of a breakthrough on something consistently. You know, I prayed for people, they get up and walk immediately and I think, wow, God, you know, send me somebody else. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's what the anointing does to you. And then it goes away and it's like 10 years and you don't get that opportunity again. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's, and it's not your fault. It's just a matter of what God is building on the end. See, we have no clue how spiritual knowledge gets built. That's why you gotta stay with the meditation. You gotta stay with feasting. You gotta be obsessed with this to get the results. You don't just claim stuff and get it. There's stuff you gotta do. There's obedience. This man said, I'm under authority. And he realized as long as I stay under what I'm supposed to be under, I'm cool. My authority works for me. But the minute I start crabbing about Caesar and, and, you know, doing things that aren't according to the book, the Roman book, I'm in trouble. So he don't even think like that. He's over in the realm of, see, when you get into a, a pocket of God that works, stay in there until you clean the pocket out. You got me? Stay in that realm of, of understanding and revelation until you get everything that's in there. Amen. Amen. So, so it's a blessing. Amen. It really is a blessing. The baby's been doing good. <laughs> He's been doing good back there, mom. Kaylee, baby's been doing real good for us. Okay, honey. He's very obedient. Yep. I've some, I had, had some, some I had to over preach them, but he's, he's easy. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, honey. So anyway, um, but, but this man, he meditated his way into this understanding. 
He meditated his way into his answer. He meditated his way into the faith and the confidence that Jesus would do exactly what he asked him to do. But he thinks to himself, now listen, this man, I know I don't want this man to come to my house. It would embarrass me for him to come here. You got me? Now, you saints, y'all shouldn't feel that way. (laughs) But just in case, (laughs) understand that there's another way to get what you need. You got me? So he says, because he's a pagan man, he's, he's not a holy man. And many of the people who weren't Jews felt that discomfort. They felt that, that distance, that detachment, that I'm not worthy thing. So instead of letting that hinder him and stop his servant from getting healed, he just tells Jesus, no, don't come here. See, I know how your stuff works, and I believe you can do it this way. So if you'll agree to do it this way, then that's how we'll work. Amen? And this is all we're doing when we pray and we believe that we've received something from God. We begin to meditate until we get in that comfort zone that it's mine, that it belongs to me without a doubt. It's not just a request. It's not just a, a, uh, I wish I could, or it's going to come someday, or this is my vision, or this is my prayer request. This is what I'm looking for. It's no longer that. It's you possess it. And this is what this man did before he even left his house. He possessed his servant's healing. And then he went about telling Jesus what he needed and explaining to him what he thought would be an acceptable way of getting it to him. And, you know, it's saying sometimes we think, well, what nerve? You know, as long as Jesus wants to do this, let him do it his way. Amen. And so we, you, you got to think about these things. You think about it. God is so accommodating. He just shrugs his shoulders. He says, hey, that's cool with me. However, your faith is rolling. That's how we roll. Amen. According to your faith. Amen. So then in that case, faith becomes the, the director. Faith calls the shots and Jesus then has to follow the faith. Now think about it. He has to perform what the faith tells him needs to be performed. Once this comes through meditation, folks, it don't come from just, I believe I receive and repeating it 1500 times a day. You got to stop and think about things. God, you know what? I've been doing this for X long and I thought it would have been here by now. Tell God things. Talk to him about it. Get yourself back in the game through being honest instead of putting that confession up there and act like you know. You understand what I'm saying? You know you don't know nothing. Amen. You just hoping it works. So, you know, okay, Jesus, I'm going to slide this by you one more time today and see if it works this time. You know? I mean, that's better not confessing, but meditation will get you there. Stand back and think about it. Think about it honestly. And this man thought to say, so what do I know about with this guy? He said, how does he God do? This is how we all start out. How does he do this? How did this happen? What happened for God to be able to do this for this person? 
And that's how it opens up. You, you mentally process the word of God. You begin to think it through. You say, God, I want this healing. I want this to go away. I want this not to bother me anymore. But here I am right here, Lord, and I'm just wondering, and I'm looking at your word, and you say I'm healed already. And I believe I've received that. But God, there's got to be another door, another something that needs to open up to me so that that whole healing could walk in that door for me. And that's what I want. And I'm going to stay right here in your word until you show it to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? And continue meditating. Don't ever give up on the word. Don't ever give up on meditation. Don't ever give up on any of that stuff. Allow God to begin to fill in the blanks for you. You don't, you don't just shut your Bible and go and confess some more and assume you got it. You understand what I'm saying? That's bypassing this main ability to process things. He gave your brain to use it. And I'm not talking about your carnal thoughts. I'm talking about letting your, your thoughts be converted to his thoughts. Begin to think his word like he does and find that, that explosion that comes out of the word, that revelation that pops open, that unveiling where it was once behind a curtain and now it's opened up to you. That's what meditation does for you. It puts it in the realm. See, this is why religion is is just so bad. Because in religion, all you do is you imitate what you hear. You hear somebody say this and you hear somebody say that. You get around this group and they talk a little different than the last group you were with. Now we got to pick up on what they talk about. It's just religion. You know, I did that when I, cause I didn't know any better. When I first started praying for the sick, I just thought I'd do what I saw Jesus do in the Bible. And I didn't really get anywhere. And he yanked me back and he said, now you know there's more to it than this, don't you? I said, yeah. And he said, the reason I do this and hide it is so that I can test people to see if they'll be faithful with it. He said, I'm not going to give you power. And I don't know what you do with your last power I gave you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so there's a, a method to it and there's a purpose to it. And there's, but there is a way to achieve it in God. There's a way to get it in God. And we've got to use more of our, say, downtime when you're not in church and you're not around the saints. Use that time to go into the word and begin to think with God and say, God, now, how do I do this? How does this happen? I I want this from you. And I've been confessing it and I've been writing it in my journal and, you know, writing it in my prayer book and, and, you know, putting it on my offering envelope and all that for years now. And I don't have it. Well, you know what I'm saying? Come on, y'all. Let's we too old to be still have these little kid gloves on. Amen. Poppy, it's time to go bare fisted, ain't it? Yeah, I think so. That's right. Don't even put no tape on them. This is just it's habit. God knocked me out of unbelief totally over in the faith. Amen. That's what we want. We want to get knocked out the, the wavering box and the, you know, the, <laughs> a half hour in the gym and go home, you know, didn't even sweat good. Amen. We got to stay in there until we break a sweat on these things. 
and begin to really petition God for this understanding. And he wants to give it to us. He wants more than anything because it's our inheritance. So he says, Jesus said, when he heard this, he said, truly, and he's talking to the people around him. With Jesus, it was always a classroom. The Bible said he preached and he, so he had an audience, amen. So he turned around and talked to everybody who was there. And he said, I want you to let this burn in your brain. Let this conversation that we just had, this man and I just had, let this burn in your brain for a minute. And you'll understand some stuff. And he says, I say to you, I have not found so great faith. No, not even among the people that are supposed to have it. Amen. And this is why Jesus would go and preach to Gentiles because he was following faith. He was always following up on faith. And when he would get to an assignment where there was little faith, he would teach them and he would preach at them until he got faith into them. Amen. And that's how he did his ministry. Whatever you preach is what God will give you, what will manifest. That's why we preach healing all the time. Because we're fighting up against a world out there that's dying quickly. You understand what I'm saying? The harvest is not just for souls we win. It's for souls who cry the name of Jesus before they leave out of here. Do you understand what I'm saying? It comes both ways. The harvest is for God. It's not for us. Amen. And so there are people being harvested now because they've been deceived into thinking something was true that's not true. So that's why we keep preaching healing here. To get it to you and get it into you that God wants you well. And by his stripes, you're already healed. You don't have to worry about catching a virus. Amen. Or catching anything else. Just catch your healing every day. You go in here and meditate on God. If I'm healed by your stripes, let it be real to me today. I know I'm healed by your stripes. I want it to be real, God. I want it to manifest. I want it to come to pass. You spend enough time like that every day, and before long, it'll be in your body. Amen? Whatever else you're thanking God for to that intensity. Amen? Because you're meditating and and thinking the god you gave it to me is here already i have it now lord i don't have to wait for it i'm not what a next in line for a miracle ain't no line for a miracle your miracle is here your miracles on the inside of you quit believing some of the old crazy stuff come out of darkness into light you know it why why did god save you when he saved you if he doesn't want you if not now when amen that's what you need to ask yourself you're not waiting on anything. It's just a, a old story that people would always say, well, those that wait upon the Lord, no, I'm serving him and he's healing me as I serve him. Amen. That word wait means to serve. So all these people want to talk about, we're not servants anymore. I don't know who you're serving. You're serving the devil. You talk like that. Get away from me with that nonsense. I'm a, a a thankful servant of God. Whatever he wants me to do, I'll do it. I don't care. Amen. But 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 you got to understand that God rewards his people. He rewards us and good health is really not quote unquote a reward. Good health is promised to you. It's already given. 
Amen? So it manifests at your demand, at your faith demand. We just got to figure out how to stay in that place of demanding faith and and make sure it manifests for us. God, what do I need to do to stay in that place like the centurion? He kept thinking. He said, boy, if I could get there, let me get there. I got it figured out now. So this guy is working under a power. He said, the centurion, you know what the centurion's biggest problem was? It was not if Jesus loved his servant. He knew he did because he loved everybody. And he could tell, you can tell when people love people. And so he healed everybody. That cross that off the list, that ain't a problem. Will he heal outsiders? Is he only there for the Jew? No, because I've seen him heal some some unbelievers, some Gentiles. People didn't even speak his language. So that's not the problem. Will he do it for me? I'm nobody. So I'm going to tell him I'm nobody. Amen? But the problem is him coming to my house. I can't let him up in here. I don't know what that brother had going on, and I don't want to know. You understand what I'm saying? But whatever it was, it couldn't be straightened out in the time it took Jesus to walk to his house. So when he heard Jesus say, uh, I'm coming, he said, oh, no, now wait a minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got this figured out already. You don't even have to step up in my dough. Just send the word. Amen. And my servant will get it. He don't have to hear you say it. You don't have to touch him. You don't have to touch me. Amen. Because we don't count. The only thing that counts is my faith. Amen. Faith works by love. That hardened centurion loved his servant. That's what caused his faith to work. Amen. And he respected Jesus. That's all it takes. Amen. That you love, respect, and you press in and you come home with the bacon. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with your word. Your word is power. Your word is understanding. Your word is proven. It's been tried, tested, and proven in so many different ways, and it still produces. It's an eternal word. It never quits being powerful. It never quits being potent. It never quits bringing results. We just got to get more familiar with it, Lord. And Lord, we repent of of not really meditating on the word, trying to take the easy way out, just some simple confession and, and like magic it shows up. You're a person. So we ask you to forgive us for taking you for granted, Lord. Just forgive us, Lord. We, we understand. We need to want to spend time with you. We need to want to come to you and ask you to break open that word for us and feed us with a six-day manna that lasts overnight. We just love you, Lord, and we thank you, and we bless you, and we praise you for what you've done for us, what you're doing now, and what you continue to do every day. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Anybody needs prayer, come on, I'll pray for you.